welcome to Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Kim Muse. I'm Key Drama Jen. I'm Carrie the Mockney. I'm CL Kita. And I'm Drama Geek. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. It's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we're watching. The link is in our show notes. Today we are finishing out our podcast on The King Eternal Monarch, and it is episode 13 through 16. So we're going to talk about the ending and everything that happened leading up to it after episode 13. So let's jump in. So I feel like it was... I don't know, a year ago that I watched this. <laughs> but, um, but Prime Minister gets a kick from karma. What do we think of that? Well, I actually liked where they went with the Prime Minister's um, story arc. To be honest, I was expecting her to be a lot more involved. I thought she was going to go full Mean Girl and she did to a small extent, but they really pulled her back so she wasn't a focus of the story arc. It was really about the big bad guy and our um, our OTP. Um, I do like that it kind of went in where she does know about the other world, and she's still trying to play games. And then... Um, the king is like, okay, I've had enough of you. And he like pretty much puts out that she's been shady the whole time. So she gets kicked out of office. And I really thought that that was a very satisfying ending for her because she wasn't evil enough where I'm like, kill her, kill her dead so fast. You know, I didn't want her dead, but I definitely wanted her to get her comeuppance. But didn't she, I mean, she was kind of behind killing her doppelganger, wasn't she? She was, mm-hmm. but they got her in the end. Because remember, she had her mom, and yeah. she kept telling her mom the code, you know, what did you eat for dinner? Mm-hmm. And her mom's supposed to say mackerel, and she doesn't. And yep. she realizes that they've taken everything from her. So yeah. that was that was the one humanizing thing that she had was her mother... And at the end, because she didn't, you know, she was shady. Shady hit her. Well, did she, was she the one who actually killed her doppelganger or was that the bad guy? She made a deal with him. Don't you remember? They were saying. Well, I know, I know. But was she thinking, oh, he's going to go kill this other person? Or was she just thinking. There could be only one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of odd. I feel that that was an aspect that wasn't explained kind of like the whole two people he's switching them. I think it kind of got jumped into that story arc, but I like that she did get kicked out of office. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it was a very fitting story arc because she had everything she'd wanted and she was greedy for more. And so she got everything taken away. I thought that was rather neatly done. Mm hmm. I still felt bad for her in a way, though. <laughs> oh, Layla, or <laughs> So I still love her. I still love her shoes. Right. So in the I one, thought the the good. actress did a really good job. She did yeah. a very good job of creating a memorable character. I was gonna say. So in the 
one timeline, she gets kicked out of office and her mom is killed or switched yes. out, killed. But in the alternate timeline that replaces everything, she's in jail. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what ended up happening, but we realized that in both timelines, no matter what, she ends up just being a not so great person and getting what she deserves. So well, that's all Luna I have to says, add. Luna says, you know, you shouldn't have stolen all the taxpayers' money. Oh, so okay, she went so to jail did. for extortion. Ah, okay. So... Yeah. But I do like that she had at least her mother and Luna as relationships in the second one. I felt that she was a better person maybe in the second one. She had a chance that someday she could redeem herself. Whereas in the first timeline, she I just felt she was unredeemable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... I, I, in all fairness, I did warn you guys that I'm a little (laughs) sleepy and I have not had my gallon of caffeinated Coke. (laughs) So (laughs) there might be some pauses, but, and, Um, oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you wondering what that is, I told them to scream abs to wake me (laughs) up. I'd be like, where, where, where'd they go? So there were none. There were none. Not in this one. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. This is almost as good as abs. I felt very vindicated <laughs> that the cousin was indeed evil and part of the plot to kill the king. Yes, you and Seal Chita were correct. Yes, I wasn't imagining things. So I I thought that the cousin wasn't that much older than him, but in the flashback, the cousin's like 10 years older than yeah. him or something. Yeah. Well, so. he'd, he'd be the same age as like maybe a little younger than his dad, but not because it wasn't a direct cousin. I think it would have been a second cousin or something because mm-hmm. wasn't it his grandfather's brother that was the prince? Yeah. And then his nephew is Egon's dad. See, I thought and he was so the prince's son. The yeah, I don't know. It all got dibbly wobbledy, confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they were essentially That's all we second need. cousins. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he got shot in the knee, right? He did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that he deserved that. He totally deserved that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and then he was. And then his neck was snapped the second yeah, time. I was going to say he was dead in the alternate timeline because Do Juan or Captain Joe just snapped his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No tolerance. Nope. All right. So speaking of time, tra- of wibbly wobbly, time travel got a little bit wibbly wobbly. So what was confusing and what worked? I'm just going to tell y'all, I was, I had no clue what timeline we were on. I was just watching it for the eye candy and hoping that some of the story would fall together for me there for a little bit. I got lost. Yeah, I totally had to suspend my, any, any trying to deduce what was happening because I was watching with my oldest daughter and so we'd bounce 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 things back and forth and sometimes I'd talk to Miata Mama and we would try to work it out but mostly I was just like all right at the end I'm sure it'll become clear and for the most part it did 
Yeah, I think that there was definitely some major murkiness in the last, like, before, so, like, 13, 14, and then maybe 15 and 16 is where it started coming together. I really feel once the timelines caught up to each other, and then you could kind of see everything fall into place after that and how, like, everybody had changed and kind of showing that epilogue of, like, okay, this is how everybody ended up. That's when everything started making sense, but there for a while, for a four episodes or so it was like huh when did that mm-hmm. happen and when did well what about if he killed himself how is he still there in that timeline to be able to kill that person like i think that the <laughs> the uncle evil his ability to like weave throughout the timeline was very confusing of like he killed himself so the future self is dead and so how can the future self be there at that time like it was just yeah it was very confusing <laughs> I just was like, oh hi, <laughs> pretty. <laughs> which do one and which do one are we looking at right now? Because I'll take both. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was that was kind of how that went. I got so lost. For me too, the time travel piece. I mean, I, I guess we should have known since he was doing all the math for us. Um, but <laughs> that's where they lost me. I teach English. <laughs> His math didn't make sense well, if you either. You have the so. square root of something yeah. or other. Yeah, I was like, "What? No, yeah. no, no." Yeah. Well, and I think for me, a lot of it was, well, why are they both in the tunnel and they're not meeting? And then you add multiverse, multi universes, and time travel. And multiple time travels because they travel back to the same point multiple times. And then he can't get out. So he has to live his life in the bubble for like 20 years. And hit on his future girlfriend when she's a kid. Oh, sorry. That was so weird. I'm still creeped out. I'm sorry. And then it's like, and then it changes the timeline. But then wouldn't he still be in it? Because it's all... It was confusing as to what changed changed the timeline from what we originally saw, and what didn't. Because I kept saying, "Oh, did the thing fall here? Did this happen? What's changing?" And really, nothing changed except he got stuck. But wouldn't he have got stuck the first time? So it's really confusing as to why <laughs> she wouldn't have been pestered by this pervert. The whole time. <laughs> I don't even know. But you know what I mean. So no, parts of it just didn't make sense. Like yeah. logically, that couldn't have happened because they're trying to make it seem like it's three separate events. But really, we started on the second time back of the very first time. And so, (laughs) anyway, it's confusing. I ignored a lot of it, and I did end up enjoying it all together, but it made no sense. Yeah, (laughs) I'm right there with you. (laughs) So let's go talk about some of the specifics. All right, so there was the change the past take one, so we'll start with with that one. We have E.M. kills himself. And Egon saves himself. And I love that opposition. Just because, again, good storytelling. I think this is the only reason I stuck with the drama is because even though it got confusing, there were great flashes like this opposition or um, 
what we talked about earlier that I can't remember all of a sudden. But so there were some solid storytelling principles in there. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm I'm doing a rewatch now with my daughters, and we're starting to pick up more, and it helps to not forget details. But I don't. I think one of the reasons that a lot of people don't like this drama is that there was too much going on, and like the the paradox where EM kills himself, you know, how is that possible? And so it's not good storytelling that the writer has to come pop up afterwards and explain what happens. Well, and why? I don't like, Oh, I'm coming back to warn my past self. Nope. I'm too egotistical to listen to you. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and he did explain that him killing himself created who he became, but then if he killed himself to begin with, then <laughs> wouldn't he have known to not kill himself? Like it just like not come back and try to solve it. He shouldn't have confronted himself. He should have just taken care of it instead of his past self. You know what I mean? Like if he already knew, Oh, that's what my past self will do. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Not past self and go kill the kid first. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Okay. And then his past self was given the information and then he still continues to do the exact same thing that he did the first time, knowing that his other self told him, hey, just kill the prince. He's he's the key to it. Just kill him. So I don't know why he wouldn't have done it and listened to himself, but we'll never know. Because we, <laughs> we don't even know exactly what his ultimate plan was, per se. We just know it was yeah. stopped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ultimate power. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that for me, looking at this, like, I really did like that juxtaposition, though, of him going back and killing himself and Egon going back and saving himself. That was really like what the Mockney brought up. I really I, I really thought that was cool. Um I was really shocked, though, when he killed himself because I just was not expecting it. And again, when we think about like such an evil villain, like he is so reprehensible, like he he kills him his other self, like, you know, and he's kind of done it twice because he did his doppelganger. Right. And then Mm -hmm. he did his past self, who's actually him, not just somebody who looks like him. Exactly. Crazy. I had to rewind and figure out, I'm like, okay, is it the past self killing the future self or the future self killing the past self? Like I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'm like, okay, so it's that guy killing that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe well, he just really, really hated himself. Maybe. <laughs> One thing I think we can all agree on is Eamon Ho looked really hot in his all black outfit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Which is a good thing because that's what he was wearing all the times he went in like went into pervert mode with his future <laughs> girlfriend. She should have known right away the first time she saw him as a little kid. Ooh, he's in all black with the hat. He's a bad guy. Cause that's you know, exactly. that's what the bad guys wear. <laughs> but he was a very hot bad guy. And it was weird. Well She's 10. for those of you I feel so sorry for anyone who hasn't watched the show and is listening to us right now. <laughs> so the whole thing is, is he gets stuck in the past because he only has half of the the flute. And so he can't go back in time the way he came. So he has to like hang out in no man's land for 20 years or, well, I think was it was two not months. 20 years, 20 years for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, it was two months, but he kept, like, sneaking out to go, like, like spy on his girlfriend when she was growing up, <laughs> which was really creepy. <laughs> so She's, I like, a toddler say, and a teenager and, yeah. you know. Anybody who hasn't watched this and is listening to this, I'm not sure that that clarifies things <laughs> Oh, so I'm going to agree that that he was hot in his black and it, it was a little stalkery-ish. But well, I've been dying just, well, okay, a lot. But I've been dying to say about the whole Lee Lim thing. You know how when you keep making copies, the copy's not as bright as the original? <laughs> <laughs> so no you know he kept thinking things were that you know the, the copy kept thinking that the original was where the problem was and when you don't have an original the plan can't succeed i yeah. mean it's it just he had no hope because he you know everything changes in the timeline and that's one of the hardest things I had with this was I was like I don't know where we are in the timeline I don't know what's happening oh hey Lee Manel looks really hot can you take the Charles pick no it was so confusing when he comes back finally and he has his like outfit and buttons back to their first meet oh, and she just like knows who he is all somber gives him a hug I'm like what the heck? He's like the freaky stalker that came to you three times and looked the same. And you're just like, and I love you. Oh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> she did. They did say in the last episode that she didn't love him, that she like felt like she needed to give him a hug. But then she still doubted his story, but then believed him a little sooner. So like she still yeah. treated him that way, but then believed him a little sooner. Yeah. <laughs> So, off of Weird Uncle, onto another character that I actually liked her story arc was Luna and the K. Like, she causes a bunch of havoc, but I, I love that they showed that her character was reacting to how her life had been, but still down deep wasn't a horrible person and that she really did care about her family and everything. So I mean, yeah, she stabbed our female lead, whatever. Like she didn't, <laughs> she didn't hit any vital organs on purpose because she didn't want to cause the family because <laughs> everybody knows where to stab when you don't hit vital organs. <laughs> but <laughs> I still liked that she ended up finding her family and then her other timeline, she ended up finding another family that helped her become a much better person and who she probably mm -hmm. was to meant to be in the first place. So, yeah, I agree. Was interesting. I did think it was like a little weird that she's all like, OK, Luna, I'm leaving my dad to you after getting stabbed by her, of course. <laughs> but dad was adorable. And who would want to hurt dad? Agreed. No, I agree, but it's kind of like <laughs> odd where I'm going to go off with Prince Charming and you can take my place and, you know, die here in this timeline because you have chronic cancer, I guess, which I guess I just didn't realize that for like the longest time. And it, it was it was I didn't dislike her character. I thought it was a little odd, though. It is odd that, that she actually, um, the person that stabbed her, that she left her in charge of her family. Like, yeah. she really did leave and say, take care of my dad. Like, that's 
weird. Like that you doesn't show good judgment. You don't people that try to kill you. <laughs> I mean, Unless they're you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if it's my doppelganger, I don't think that if they had tried to kill me, even I mean, let's be honest, she didn't try to kill her. She purposely missed her vital organs. So um, she bled out before. <sighs> yeah, I just, y'all are so judgmental. I am judgmental. Stabbing is not okay, even if it's stabbing yourself (laughs) or somebody who looks like you. Yeah, yeah. At least you don't put leave them as your babysitter. Like I think Mm -hmm. that should just be a universal understanding. If they try to kill you, don't leave them in charge of your family. (laughs) There we go. They're the ones that they're the only ones you have to watch out for. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> not me. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I uh, the whole Luna role was so. I felt like that was not very well written at all. I could see that she had some kind of a terminal illness, like all the way out in left field, and her anger. There were so many. <laughs> I was oblivious. I was oblivious. She was in stance. They asked, are you sick? And she goes, yes. I'm like, she's sick? Where'd that come from? (laughs) They had beige lipstick on her, and you didn't know that she was dying? (laughs) Beige lipstick is a total giveaway that somebody's dying. True, true. Now you know. Yeah. I don't know. Things were confusing. I, I feel like... It was a good concept that could have been executed better. That's pretty much this whole drama. (laughs) (laughs) So so let's move on to Popsicle Cop. Uh, Yes, please. So Shinji meets Shinji and learns that he was switched as a child. And this was so... I don't know. I just felt so bad for him. This character, oh, my heart would break. It was breaking for him because I just really liked him. And I felt like he had been through so much. And this under this idea that um, he had been switched, he his he remembered pieces of this. Um, although I think he's a, he was a little old to like have forgotten all of this. So I don't know. But trauma. anyway, trauma. Yeah. yeah, trauma. That's true. I suppose having to traverse into a, a two worlds and into an alternative universe would cause some trauma. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, I um, I thought it was his storyline was very interesting, and he added something to this drama. Um, just the whole time I was watching how everybody else seemed to things were coming together for them. And I was just really rooting for him, hoping that something would come together for him. So um, I don't know if we're going to talk about the ending, but uh, anyway, he learns that he was switched as a kid and that was really, really sad to see his reaction. Yeah. I, I really was interested to see that his mother wasn't that different in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I was originally thinking, oh, he got switched because his mother was in the palace and they wanted to, you know, make sure she did what they said, but really they placed her in the palace after 
learning that she was going to kill her son and herself in the river because of gambling debt. And it's obviously something that the mom of the other world also has some serious issues with. So he kind of got screwed over in the mom department either way. Like both situations really sucked. There wasn't any like mom who truly put him above all else because they're both very selfish and he suffers because of it. So I thought that was a really interesting switch because usually we've been seeing, you know, ones like polar opposite. Yeah. And this was yeah. So similar. It Agreed. was very similar. It was interesting. And I also really like how he he dealt with all the the truth and told his mom in the alternate universe, it's like, hey, I'm not your son. This is your son. He's here in a coma because I guess he was in a, a accident hit by a car and right. he was terminally in a coma. And it was I liked how she was so devastated. But then she did realize that you are my son as well. You're the one that I've raised that I've had this connection with. It was interesting. It very flawed parents for him but he's always remained a very solid character mm-hmm. I think this storyline was really interesting for me because this was where the disconnect was the most noticeable he never felt like he measured up and he never felt like he really belonged and his mother never really treated him like he was hers so they both knew on some level that something wasn't right. And and it was so obvious because the mom really just saw him as a way to get out of trouble. You know, he cleaned up her messes. And he just wanted her to love him and to be his mom. So it, it was really interesting for me whenever um, the truth came out, she seemed almost relieved I mean, she loved him and she cared about him, but now it it made sense that why there was never that real mother-son connection. It's just, that's what I took away. And I think, too, this story, or at least this role, had the most emotional depth to it out of all the, I mean, there was a lot of emotion going on in the drama, but this one had the most emotional depth and it felt the most grounded. I don't think anybody but Kim Kim could have pulled off this kind of kind of duality of flirting with the bad side or as he as he said in kind of the beginning, walking the edge of the wrong path and yet being so solidly good, despite the fact that he has this really broken relationship with his mother and he's I mean, he's obviously well, was he the second lead? He pretty much was the second lead, but that was not really addressed. Correct? Wasn't right. Do Juan second lead, or maybe he was first lead in my in my view? Do <laughs> Juan was first lead with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, was, that was right the there. OTP. We'll, we'll get to that. That was the OTP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, and so for me, that's kind of his storyline. Kind of that's what kept me and pulled me in and helped me want to push through all the craziness. Is because I wanted to see what happened with him next. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would love to see his story and just like his story arc as a its own story. Like some guy mm-hmm. you, you suddenly find out that you were actually 
originally from a different universe and then you are in this other one and that's not your mom and all that kind of stuff. Like that would be a really cool story to see unfold. Um, and I felt like his connection with, um, the female lead cop was very real and grounded in, in everyday life. And I really liked their connection. So I, not that I necessarily thought that they should have been the OTP and the other one wasn't okay. I just, I really liked their connection. I liked their interaction and I loved his kind of being thrown into this weird bromance with like two Doquans, a king and everybody just like, okay, this is the, this is a setup. This is who you have to interact with. And he definitely was the most grounded, I think of them all. And, and also this, some of the saddest stuff that saddest backstory and connections with everybody and his mom and everything. So let's talk about Do Juan and his epic romance with himself. (laughs) This was so satisfying. Like, like if ever there was a man who could like kiss himself and I'd be like, okay, I'm okay with that. It'd be Do Juan. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the hug for hours. Them hugging themselves. It was, they cared about each other. the whole fact that they were so differently the same. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I I have to say that I, I really liked the way that he handled this role. I, he's never been on my radar before, but he's like <laughs> top 10. He, he just jumped from like nowhere to top five. Yeah. And like the same second I just said top 10. Yeah. No. So I think that... Um, <laughs> I really liked how he they saw each other as brothers. They never saw each other as doppelgangers. Yeah. They they had it, it was really like looking at twins and their grief when they had to separate. Oh, I'm a twin and I was just like, "Oh." Um, but they had so many comedic moments and it was really, we could have just had a drama with the two, the two. I mean, I, I would have watched it. <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> oh yeah. I just don't want, I'm the same as you. He wasn't on my radar cause I hadn't seen save me or any of his previous or my country. Mm. And so to have this be my introduction to Dohan and I'm just like, this guy's incredible. Like I keep, I keep hitting my daughters and being like, pay attention. Cause he's really good. So <laughs> hitting in a good way because they're sitting next to me. Just so we're clear, <laughs> this is not child abuse. But yeah, so the relationship between the two of them could have been rivals. It could have been that one was disgusted with the other. And instead, it just turned out so beautifully. And I loved it. So I, out of everybody in the revised timeline, like the final timeline, I guess we, call it, we mm-hmm. can refer to that. Out of everybody, he's the one that I'm the saddest that so... Captain Joe remembers, but not, um, what was his name? Oh yeah. Yeah. That he doesn't remember. That makes me so sad. Like I get like, he's got the girl and he's got, you know, he's got everything together, but I just really wanted him to know about his, his brother, not his doppelganger, but like his brother that's out there. And it kind of made me sad, but I did. I did love that in the third timeline, as everything's gone by the three times, yeah. <laughs> he ended up with his siblings in the 
Yes, because his, his parents got well. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> parents got and that together. And they popped out the two twins, and that was kind of funny. I did mm-hmm. like that he did end up with siblings in the the other world as well. So that was really cute. And I just want to say that double the Gohan is always okay in my book. Um, anyone who's keeping track, he has been in my menagerie since the moment that I saw him. You can probably go back and either listen to an earlier podcast or definitely in one of our, like, new, um, what do we call those, end-of-year reviews where we had to pick, like, who was the young star to watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was on the list. So, mm, very nice. Uh, his acting. <laughs> like, I just have to say, okay, other stuff too, but his acting in particular this really showcases it. Um, and if you haven't seen Save Me, I would definitely recommend going back and watching it. It was great. So now we have to go back to what I consider the boring part, which is where Lee Min Ho is stuck in time and they're creating all the new memories. And why did we have to do this? Somebody explain to me why were we, was this, it felt like fluff. I'm call me wrong. Everybody can tell me I'm wrong, but it felt like fluff. What? Why did we have to go through this and make her him be a creeper? And uh, I don't know. In, anyway, well, it was because he was still trying to. Because if I recall correctly, the flute still hadn't healed itself. So he was he was just kind of randomly jumping through doors trying to find her, and so he's leaving messages for her through her memories. So as a device and as working the logic of the system as much logic as there was. I could see why it was necessary. But they came out creepy rather than helpful. I think that's where they lost me. It's because it comes across as very, oh, hello, seven-year-old child. I love you. You're the woman <laughs> I'm going to adore. You know, And it came across weird. Agreed. Because so, yeah. he had this romantic connection that was still obvious, and it was weird. Yeah, it kind of creeped me out, I have to say. I don't remember if I said it, but yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to start on the third time that we're changing the past. <laughs> oh, yeah, with Dohan and gone teaming up to change the past again. And honestly, at this point, all of these timelines are so jumbled in my head that I can't remember much about this one. So help me out here. I remember that uh, he was going to go change the past again. And then Do Juan was like, not without me or not. And they both went together. And then it was really hot. It was them going through <laughs> and doing hot. all the shooting in the oh, yeah. like, neck popping. <laughs> there was double the amount of like shooting people. And it was very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs way up. For them going together and the hotness and the bromance yeah. and the bromance and the bromance because <laughs> bromance was stronger than the romance in a lot of these sections. Mm. Well, and, and and it was good that that explained why he remembered and no one else did. Yeah. So there's Agreed. there was a lot of confusion and debate over why did those three know or why did some remember and some not and the only conclusion that I think makes sense is the three that went back are the only three that remember. And well, and wasn't there a point where the little yo-yo kid who became the hot yo-yo kid? <laughs> 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 there's older 
actor, the older actor. Yeah. Are not, exactly. And so he had yes. to decide if yes, he was going to let right. them remember. Right. And he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he let the them flute. remember. Yeah. The flute. The, that whole story Yeah, that was the power line. of the flute. Oh. <laughs> but I hope at least we got not like that storyline. Because the Yogo kid was hot. <laughs> well, he was not hot. the kid. <laughs> the adult actor that was playing the older He was hot. 20 years and he was really hot as an older actor yes there we go but you don't bring us yo-yo kid in the middle of the drama with with and make us have to work so hard to figure out what his purpose is well and that whole yo-yo kid and being the flute and i just felt like none of that was very well explained but anyway not enough of hot yo-yo kid <laughs> hot yo-yo kid was hot we but he wasn't shirtless so i don't care move on <laughs> Well, no one was shirtless, so we had to go through other aspects of their personality or visuals. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> so I actually liked the the changing of the the past. I thought it was well done. I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. So, did the big bad guy ever really make sense? I mean. Oh. No, <laughs> I mean, he made sense, but his plan, we never qu- quite saw it come to like he waited so many years to present the queen at some ceremony and prove that she was alive. I don't know. Like, why did why would you have to wait 30 years to do that or however long he waited to do it? Did he really have all the people in place that he thought that he needed in place? And it just never made sense of what his, like, why it took so long and what his ultimate plan was. And it, I don't know. It, I, or how he was going to take control. Yeah. Like, none of it was. It ever- didn't, right? It didn't matter that he had the queen. The, the king was still the king. And that has, he was just a plot device that was never plotted out right to be mm. a device. Yeah. But he was pretty. He was. Oh, he was pretty. But he got so far on the other side of evil that it was just like, eh, nah, I don't look, see him as. But evil hot guys are okay. <laughs> it's okay to have an evil hot guy. Uh, yeah. You can forgive a lot whatever the hot guy's evil. He just still needs to he die. He kills himself at a blink of an eye he'll just kill himself no matter what he does not. he like sliced his head off i'm all like who does that <laughs> because it's off with his head that was the whole theme <laughs> i'm gonna cut your head off <laughs> okay so yeah I, at this Did- point the uh, we're done time traveling and supposedly everything's back in place <laughs> right Yes. So let's talk about the OTP final relationship fix. Did it work for us? It did. I really, I really liked how they ended it. Um, I like that Egon had to travel to all those multiverses to find his true love. Although the whole concept of she had to wait for him doesn't really make sense when he's traveling through time and space. And so really he could have showed up like a day after the whole thing ended. So why is she like pining and waiting? I don't know. So that didn't make all the much sense, but I liked, I liked it. I liked the whole going out on weekends together as a couple 
it makes more sense than like crash landing for use solution where they like once a year get to gather in Europe. So I think that this is a little better that they get to see each other each weekend. Well, and they don't give up anything for each other. Like he has to stay king, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have to give up who she is to be his queen and they can still be together. And so I love that. I liked that too. I, they got to spend time together and work together because that was probably the best aspect of their relationship was when they were actually working together and putting things together. That's when they seemed the happiest. And now that I think about it with the way they traveled every weekend and they had to go by the telephone booth and guess which year they were in, maybe the time travel is not that exact of a science. And that's why he wasn't able to land like the day after. Well, They were also going in multiverses too. So it was like different worlds as well as different times. And so, you know, I don't know. That's what he was doing to find her. Cause remember he went and, Oh, you're not the one you're not her. So he was traveling through multiverses too, to find her. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and so it's cute. I think because, I mean, there are so many different what people think of as happily ever after. And I know this is another thing that I've seen lots of people commenting on of like for some people getting married and having babies isn't the perfect happily ever after. And I think with their situation and with her life and his life and having to take like she would have to be queen. She would have to, you know, do certain things and and their solution was to explore the universe in a way that nobody else could and you and enjoy their life that way instead of having to be responsible for during the week having all of that responsibility of being king and queen and they just decided to have that and i think it was kind of beautiful i'm happy with the fact that they had weekends together um i think that marriage and babies, like like husband said, is is one happily ever after. But being together and ha- having the ability to see the person that you love is really what all of us want. And they don't belong in the same world. So they have to meet. So the fact that they're meeting somewhere in the middle is just really romantic to me. And they're still growing older together. And it's not Rose on the other side of the door of the of the wall crying for the doctor They, you know, she's they've taken the wall down and they found a way to be together. So sorry, I had to get my little Doctor Who reference in. <laughs> I loved your Doctor Who reference. It was appreciated. <laughs> so did we like the ending and did it change our opinion on the show as a whole? Um, I know that. I definitely was kind of checking out a little bit after episode 14 uh, with all the time travel and it wasn't making that much sense to me. I really like how they brought it all together and ended it. I know it's not everyone's ending that they would have wished for, but I thought it was a really solid ending, especially for the situation that the two of them found themselves in. So I really liked it and it made it a better drama for me than if they had just kind of meandered through to a happy ever after. Yeah, I agree. And it was the ending that I was waiting for just as I kind of had to turn off my brain and just let the timeline slide through it. I was happy to see that most everything was explained or resolved in a way that was satisfying. 
Um, Drama geek. On the ending, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm messaging on my phone. Um, so just the ending in general, is that what we're talking about now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Did, did, like, did the ending improve the show for you? I think it did. Um, I do feel like some, like some people, it was, there were a few that I was just like, okay, maybe that's tied up a little bit too neatly, but I still really enjoyed it. Like I, I liked watching the idea of, you know, just a few things changed in somebody's childhood might make their destiny a little bit different. So I kind of liked that, seeing that play out at the end. And I, I, I enjoyed the last episode. I would say the few episodes like leading up, I was like KMU's where I kind of checked out a little bit and I was actually not looking forward to the last episode because I thought it's going to end with so much like not making sense. So at least the last episode made it make sense, even though the rest of it doesn't kind of make sense. I agree. I think that all of us were in the same situation with that. I definitely didn't, I didn't mind that everything was tied up nice and neat and with a bow. I felt like, for the characters to be happy. I just wanted these characters to be happy. We had spent so much time with these characters not knowing what was going to happen. Freaking out, thinking somebody was going to die. I'm still surprised they didn't kill off a major character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I was happy with the way that they ended up. Um, yeah, I think that just kind of seeing the happily ever after piece was nice. It, it felt, again, just like the rest of you, I was really dragging at the end. Um, but that final episode was kind of nice. It felt a little bit like an epilogue kind of thing. Like, I just, eh. Um, but it was nice to see them all wrap it up nicely. Okay. So now let's go on to our favorite part or scene of the show. And I have to actually say... And this is lame and you can do what you want with it. But I loved the intro, just the flute and the tree and the lightning and everything. I make my kids watch it every time when we watch the episodes. <laughs> there, there was other stuff, but that was the first one that popped in my head. So, um, <laughs> hey, drama geek, what, what, what do you think is your favorite scene? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm tr- anyway. Um, my, I think my favorite scenes all are with the two Doans. Like I just the scene where they meet each other is probably my favorite out of the whole show. Like that where they meet each other and they're whole like, how could you not know that you're attractive? Like didn't people tell you? <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. And just their yeah their meeting and interaction. So. Mine is going to be when he comes riding in. Actually, back up, not that part. My part is going to be when she escapes the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And she escapes. So she she saves herself. And she's going to go and she's she's going to make whatever contact she can make because this is over. It's done. She's not expecting to be able to come out of this she's she's done everything she can do and then she realizes that he knows where she is and that was my favorite part that moment where she sees him mm-hmm. and 
she saved herself literally because he's just showing up to knock off the ants. But I, I was proud of her for finally, cause there for a while, her character went from being strong to crying a lot. And that just hurt me. You can cry. I'm not against people crying, but I needed her to take more control of her own happiness and her own life. And she was, she was prepared to die. She thought she was going to die at this moment. And I respected that. I liked it. So I'm pretty sure that that's the same thing that Kay Muse was referring to. And, and that I also would refer to as Eamon Ho being hot and ruthless. Um, <laughs> that was totally my favorite scene as well. It was, uh, he, oh Yeah. He was amazing in that, and I just, I don't know, I was behind, and I remember, I think Kimu's texted me and was like, you need to watch this, (laughs) so well worth it. I also, of course, loved all the Dohuan scenes because I love him. But um, but that really that scene really stood out for me as like I think because I'd started to fade and wasn't really as into it. And so I was and I was way behind. And so that was the like carrot that she was holding in front of me to like keep watching, keep watching. (laughs) Well, and again, I love any time he was hot and ruthless, but I especially love when he goes full queen of hearts and like off with his head. And no survivors, just kill them all. I found that so hot. (laughs) And I found that that made sense in a person who is the king and he has to be in charge of what's happening and they're traitors. And he doesn't have the luxury of like being like, oh, let's give them a chance or maybe they're not so bad. He has to be very um, black and white on who's going to be punished for, you know, trying to murder his family for trying to uproot the monarchy and to change the government. Um, and we don't see that very often, to be honest. It, we rarely see that in outside of historicals. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very impressed that they made him very decisive, very aggressive when he needed to be aggressive, when there was a valid threat to, his those he loved and for his way of life and so i really appreciated that so anytime he went all kingly and assassinated people i i highly appreciated it so i feel like we might need to have a like therapy conversation (laughs) all right you guys like your cute little bubbly beta boys i can like my alphas who like to murder people give it to me (laughs) oh goodness so on that note what is our least favorite part of the show and I'd have to say the bad guy's story, like his confusing, not quite coming through with his, you know, takeover or whatever. I don't know. Just the confusion of that, that it caused. And I didn't really feel like he was as strong of a character as he could have been. I am going to say that my least favorite part is when they introduced that the court lady wasn't from there. And now we have this whole how long have people been traveling back and forth going on? Because that, I thought that it had something to do with the flute, and it does, 
but it got really jumbled there for me. And, you know, have they always been, you know, has he just gone over and just rescued people? Um, the kings of the past. I, I'm like, why, why add this other element in here? Cause now I'm like thinking about that and I'm feeling bad because I just, I don't know. I think that, they had that was to, really confusing. I, was say, I think they added that in just to explain why she would have um, let him go in the first place when the time travel happened of like seeing him. Cause then she knew that there was the possible, the ability to like, have alternate universes so i think her then she explained why she was a little bit more willing to let his character go even though she didn't know he was really the king or whatever but another missed opportunity yeah Yeah, it was confusing and i think for me least favorite least favorite part uh was just all of the jumbled up time travel stuff i mean i think that um we had a a pot- the potential for a really ruthless bad guy. Um, he was, he really will rank up there as far as somebody who just had no conscience and like suddenly would just lash out and grab somebody and I don't know, break their neck. And so you had potential. Um, and then you had a really good, like there was some really good storytelling in there as well. Um, and I just felt like, towards the end it just I felt I was confused where I was like wait where are we and what and why is he doing that um so those I guess that part of it uh they wrapped it up nicely but I I would have liked to have had a clearer path in the middle yeah wibbly wobbly time travel for me (laughs) it got really confusing and didn't make sense especially when you start discussing it right um (laughs) Yeah, so it just was definitely the weakest part of the show. And I'd have to agree with all of that. And I'm also going to add in the shoehorned in product placement because they. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it was a little over the top. It can be done gracefully. I've seen dramas where it's been done gracefully, and this was just hit you over the head, and it was so poorly done. I just. It felt like, you know, in the Truman Show, that Jim Carrey movie mm-hmm. yeah. where she stops and extols the virtue of the coffee? Damn. It felt. Like that. It was so bad. Yeah. And they totally broke fourth wall a couple of times for that. So. Yeah. It was. (laughs) Yeah. Not pleasant. The products were characters on their own. So would we recommend? I'm going to say yes. I would recommend it. But I'm going to say that it's, it's one of those dramas that I think you have to do a double watch. You watch it. And then you go back and you see all the stuff you missed. Because there's so much going on. So much going on. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I would recommend it. um, But I would actually recommend it as a binge watch. Because the time when I did binge a whole bunch of episodes in a row, I found that things made a lot more sense. So there's some subtleties that when you're watching them all together, you're like, oh, because they said this one little minor thing. And that's what, for example, like, it's much more clear, I think, that Luna has a a serious illness because, <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't have a week to forget about it. Oh, please, it's the nude lipstick. <laughs> I miss the exactly. nude lipstick. <laughs> so, um, but I would recommend it because it it is a good story. Um, Eamon Ho, I think, did a really great job in this. I think that um, 
help me with the lead actress's name. I'm going. Yes, she was great. Um, I love Dohan in this, especially being able to see him in both the comedic role and the serious side, and then watching him try to be a person who's supposed to be serious, pretending that he's a comedic person, <laughs> and then the other way around. That was by far like one of the most entertaining parts. So I'd recommend. Um, I agree. I would recommend as a binge watch. I think you, if you can just push on through it, it, you get a lot more from it. You have less time to think about all of the weird plot holes that are there. Um, so yeah, I would recommend there's some great characters and I don't regret watching. Yeah. Especially because we watched it together. Oh yeah. 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 I would have to, I would say, yes, I would recommend not to like an early K-drama watcher. This was your second or third drama. I'd say, no, no, no. Hold off. Get a little more under your belt so you can come back and kind of pick up on just the storytelling nuances that are, that are kind of setting it apart, even though it's not as clear as we'd like it to be. It's definitely not a gateway drama. No. Um, I agree with everybody else. I think that the characters are worth it just by themselves. They're the memorable characters that, you know, will stay with us. And and so it's worth it for that. It's a good binge watch. And it's definitely not gateway drama. So, All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. And if there's a specific actor or theme you'd like us to discuss, then let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but... Behind the, behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 